0: And today, as we continue to learn about the Word of God, we want to continue understanding grace. If we're talking of grace, we're talking of Jesus. Jesus is the life that God has given to the world, and uh, talking about him helps us to understand grace. Praise the Lord. Join me as we pray and channel our thoughts and mind into that which God is going to bless us today. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we are thankful of life itself. We are thankful of the gift of life. We are thankful of Christ and we applaud as we share together in your word. Be glorified as we come together In learning that which you have bestowed upon us through your grace. We pray that our ears can hear, our hearts can understand, our eyes can see. We thank you that as we read your word, learn your word, you are glorified in it all. In Jesus' name, can we say amen? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Last week we dealt with understanding grace and we were dealing with the character of grace. And we came to appreciate the fact that the character of grace is is generosity. The character of grace is generosity. Why? Because Jesus, in expressing the grace of God towards us, he gave At most, he gave extensively to the point of death. He gave his life. He gave and emptied himself for our salvation. And we come to understand that it is not grace until you learn to depict what Jesus did, praise be to God. That Jesus gave generously, praise the Lord. The Bible says that God anointed him and he went about doing good, healing all that were afflicted. Praise be to God. And uh, he never relented. He gave as much as he could because grace, the character of grace is generosity. The character of grace is generosity, to give generously. Thank you, Father God. We also notice that the character of grace that grace is revealed to us in truth. It is a message of truth that is revealed unto us. Father God, we give you praise. We say that the grace is personified in a person. Is personified in a person. In other words, you cannot be talking of grace if you are not talking of Jesus. And you cannot talk of Jesus if you are not talking of grace. Because we realized that grace is a person. Is it what? A person. So in Christianity, you cannot be able to learn the Christian life if you are not learning grace. And you cannot learn grace without learning Jesus. And you cannot learn Jesus without learning grace. So everything about Christianity stems from grace. Somebody say amen. It stems from... From grace. If you want to be able to uh, grow in this grace, you must be able to depict, center your learning on one man called Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. Today we want to learn the dimensions of grace. The dimensions of grace. What are the dimensions of grace? Dimension is a measure or extent of some kind of all such as length, depth, height. You know, how can we desire something that we don't know its enormity? How can we desire something that we don't know its dimension? We must learn to know how deep we can go with something if we want to achieve it. We must learn how high we can go. We, 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 dimensions of grace. We want to learn of this, praise be to God. But first of all, We must identify the source of our grace and learn from it to understand the dimensions of it. The grace we received is in a person. We want to repeat that. The grace we received is in what? In a person. You cannot have grace without him. Praise be to God. You cannot have grace without him and you cannot have him Without grace. Having Christ. Is to have. The grace of the Lord. Having the grace of God. Is to have Christ. Praise be to God. John chapter 1 verse 16. Tells us. John chapter 1 verse 16. Reveals to us. He says. And of his fullness. Of all we receive. And grace for grace. Of all we received, grace for... In other words, of his fullness. The grace we have is the grace of who? Jesus Christ. So you cannot have God's grace without learning Jesus. I'm trying to focus you and put you in the right attention of the true doctrine of Christianity is not centered on anything else but Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. You cannot, praise be to God, you cannot learn grace without learning Jesus. And you cannot have grace without having Jesus Christ. For of his fullness have we received. Of his, everyone wherever you are, the grace you have is not the grace from your biological father. It's not the grace from your biological mother. It's not the grace of your pastor. It's not the grace of your church. It's not the, the grace you received is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the way to learn how to live by that grace is to learn the owner of that grace. Who is the owner of that grace? Who is the source of that grace? That is the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody say Amen. So it is his grace we have received. Somebody say I've received the grace of God. Say I've received the grace of Jesus Christ. Yes. So studying Christ is to study grace and studying grace is to study Jesus Christ. No wonder the acronym of uh, grace is called God's riches at Christ's expense. God's riches at what? Takes so what, was, what has this grace done to us? In understanding the dimensions of it, it's also important to draw attention to what it has done. Then we can draw an understanding of what it has done. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 1 verse, from verse 3. Ephesians chapter 1. What has this grace done? Verse 3. What does it say? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Somebody say Amen. Praise be to God. Look at that scripture. He says, Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who who has blessed us. A believer is not working hard to be blessed. A believer is blessed. Who has past tense? Who has. Uh, somebody say, I'm blessed. Who has blessed us? Grace has blessed us. Who has blessed us? Past tense. What has he blessed us with? With all. With some. With some, but with all spiritual blessings, with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Not heavenly places is also in spiritual places, in in your spiritual place. He has blessed us with spiritual blessings in spiritual places. So, in your spirit, man, where we call the new creature. Is where your righteousness is in your spirit, man. Is where that heavenly places is declared. You are blessed in your spirit, man. The flesh benefits nothing. You are blessed in your. The spirit man is blessed with all spiritual blessing. Somebody say I've received spiritual blessing. Yes you are blessed with us you a believer that's why a believer cannot talk about being cast or being uh, uh, whatever because he's blessed he is blessed a believer is blessed whether he feels it or doesn't feel it whether he knows it or doesn't know it the truth that because Jesus gave birth to him he is blessed you don't have To know it or not know. Knowing it is a good thing. Praise be to God. You got to know it. But you must understand it's not about a feeling. It is not about. You don't have to feel it. To know that you are blessed. You just have to know that you are blessed. Praise be to God. Somebody say I'm blessed. Yes you are blessed. Love it or like it or not. You have a heart pumping into you. You don't have to feel your heart. But your heart is there. You have a liver inside of you. You don't have to feel the liver, but you got a liver in there. It's the same. You, have a bless- you are a blessing, praise be to God. Somebody say, I'm blessed. The grace of God has blessed you. Somebody say, Amen. You are blessed. And blessed with what? Spiritual blessings. Blessed with what? Spiritual blessings. Knowing the dimensions of grace, we must also learn what it has done. Then you know the dimensions of how big it is. You've been blessed with all spiritual blessings. All what? Spiritual blessings in your spirit, man. Can we say amen? And it says in verse 14, verse 4, According as he has chosen us in himself. Somebody say, I'm chosen. According as he has chosen us in himself before the foundation of the world. That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So what is the blessing here? The blessing is you are chosen. You are... Somebody say I'm chosen. Yes. You are chosen. He has chosen us in Christ Jesus From the foundation of the world, praise be to God. This choosing, this is important to understand here. You have been chosen, meaning you have been chosen for holiness. Praise be to God. Chosen for what? Holiness, to be holy. So a believer cannot talk of being a curse when God says he's holy. Am I talking to somebody? You cannot argue with God, I am this, and then God says, no, you are holy. And then you say, I am this. No, you are in unbelief. That is what we call unbelief. Because believing God does not take a feeling. Believing God takes acceptance that I am, Lord, what you say. Even if I don't see it, I just have to. Because in believing it, God will change it to work in my favor. God will make those things that I've believed to happen in me. To God be the glory. Abraham believed, and when he believed, he became. It is our believing that makes us. It is not our casting, breaking, no, no, no. What you believe, you become. You believe you are cast, the curses will be manifesting. You believe you are fearful, and the fear will be controlling you. We are changed by what we believe. We are changed by what we believe. Somebody say amen. So I'd rather believe the report of the Lord. God says I've chosen you and you are holy. Somebody say I'm holy. Yeah, chosen us to be holy. This is what grace has done. Grace to make us holy. That we should be holy and without blame. Without a curse is a condemnation and a curse is a blame. So if a believer says he's cursed then he's arguing with God. He's a contradicting God. God is saying I've blessed you and, uh, but for me, I've blessed you. Blessed. God is saying, you are bl- unblameable. There's no blame on you. And somebody is saying that. That's why we need to visit real doctrine. Not things that we think and feel. No. The doctrine of God, the report of God says, in him, a believer is blessed. A believer is, is blessed. And what has this blessing brought to him? He's chosen. What has this blessing brought to him? He is made holy. What has this blessing brought to him? He is made without a blame before him in love. Now, this is important. This choosing is a choosing because of predestination. Let me explain. Verse 5 saying, Having predestinated us, and to the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Praise God. In other words, God did not choose us God did not choose us because we were good. God did not choose us because we were excellent. God chose us because he chose Christ. Because he chose... uh, When a man chooses an heir, he can only see that heir at that moment. But by choosing that child out of whatever it is, and he says, I choose this one, he has also chosen the children's children's children children of that child. That as long as I have chosen this one, my heir will always come through this child. So everybody that comes through this child chosen becomes the heir. Becomes what? The heir. Everybody that comes through that child becomes the heir. So when Jesus was chosen, Everybody that comes through Jesus, everybody that believes in Jesus is chosen as well. Is what? That's what predestination means. That by choosing Christ, he chose everybody who comes through Christ. Somebody say amen. And what does that mean? By the fact that you are chosen just like Christ was chosen... Every privilege of Jesus is your privilege. Hallelujah. Oh, praise be to God. The same privileges Jesus enjoys is the same privilege you who's also... I'll give you an example, praise God. In England here, the, 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 the lineage or the kingship came from one person and diverted and came to another brother it left one brother and came to another brother. In other words, the lineage of the first brother, the first king, was never again going to be king anymore. All his grandchildren that come from the first one, because he gave up the throne, will never be king because the crown changed from one brother and went to another. By that fact of change, yet this one was the right one who was supposed to be. But he abducted. and What is it called? Uh, whatever it is. He, he, he refused it because of his personal reason. So the kingship went on to another brother. And by going to another brother, that means everybody who comes from that brother now forever until otherwise will be the one who is king. So that's what happened to us. Adam should have been the one who is the redeemer, or the one to not even redeemer, through whom all of us come. He would have been the one holding her, but it went from him now. He's no longer the one chosen, and then we, it went to Christ. The second Adam, praise be to God. And the last uh, praise be to God. And in Him, thank you, Jesus, all who come through Him are chosen just like Christ is. So every privilege of Christ, you also benefit from it. Oh, praise be to God. Just like uh, the queen now is the queen of England. But when this next queen comes, when this next queen is in place, she whenever they would be will be a king isn't it william he will take the same privileges that the queen so what does that mean a believer is chosen as christ was somebody say i'm enjoying the privileges of being chosen in jesus name hallelujah so i'm chosen So when a believer says I'm cursed, he's he's trying to say Jesus is cursed. I keep telling people this. You cannot say that. A believer cannot look at himself because you saying that is actually suicide. He's actually saying God doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know what he's doing. You cannot say that. A believer is not, a believer is chosen in Christ. The same privileges of Christ are the same privileges of uh A believer. Praise be to God. Somebody say, I receive. Can we say amen? So all who are in Christ Jesus are chosen as Christ was uh, chosen. And the same privileges are enjoyed. The same privileges of Christ are enjoyed by all who believe. Can we say amen? So this is what grace has done. It has predestinated us. Look at verse 5. Having predestinated us, Verse 5, where we are there, it says, Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ, we were chosen and unto the adoption. We are given child children's status, family status, because of the choosing of Christ. Hallelujah. To himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. By choosing Christ, he chose you. Everybody who comes through Jesus is, is chosen. So, how is this? When a baby is born, is that baby chosen? No. He's not chosen. That baby is only chosen when he goes in, he becomes born again. Everybody who's born in this world is not chosen. I say everybody born in this world is not. Chosen. We are only chosen when we come into Christ and give our life to Christ. No, the physical. Jesus said, "The flesh gives birth to flesh, and the spirit gives birth to spirit." So everybody is born of the flesh once upon a time, but the choosing comes when you are born of spirit. That is when you become chosen. Our choosing for every human being is, uh, appears or comes to pass when you become born of spirit. That is when you are chosen. But because you live in this world, breathing, uh, this world, eating and walking around, doesn't mean you are chosen. We are chosen when we become born again. We take the privilege of Jesus Christ when we become born again. Somebody say amen. So, the moment a child of, the moment a man comes into Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. He is no longer the same man born of the flesh. He is now a man of the spirit. Praise be to God. And that means he is now chosen. To God be the glory. He is chosen in spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Is anybody chosen in this place? Somebody say, Amen. So, by being chosen, now look at this. This is where we come to learn about the enormity of this dimension. How did he choose us? So what are these dimensions of his grace? Look at uh, verse 6. Verse 6 says, To the praise of the glory of his grace, where he has made us accepted in the beloved. Made us what? The dimension of this grace has gone so deep by making you accepted. Somebody say, I'm accepted. You've been accepted in Christ Jesus. Where the world rejected you, God accepted. God did what? Look at this. Wherein we've been made accepted by in the beloved. So if Jesus is beloved, and I have been accepted, my status also becomes beloved. My status becomes, uh, somebody say, I am beloved. That is why we say we are marvelously made, praise be to God. To God be the glory. Wonderfully and marvelously made. I'm chosen in him, and that is all what grace has done for me. Chosen in him, accepted in him, praise be to God. But this acceptance means that I have been given the same privileges of Christ. I've been accepted by grace. Can we say amen? Yes, the grace has somebody say I'm accepted. Now how am I accepted? By freely receiving grace it is an indication that I'm accepted by God. By because I received the the grace of God. Because I received Jesus Christ. Because I accepted Christ as my Savior. I received the grace of God. And by this grace, have I been accepted? Have I been, uh, yes. Just like somebody receives a, a stamp that tells him you are now a citizen. Or just like somebody uh, has been stamped in and been able to pass through because he's got the the passage is that grace, that grace that's made salvation over you. That grace that brought you into Christ Jesus. That grace that comes in personification of Christ, hallelujah, is a mark of your acceptance. Lift your hand and say, I've been accepted. This acceptance talks a lot of things. That means I don't have to conjure anything to, to kind of make God look down on me. No, no. Make God accept. Make God. No, no. You don't have to be mimicking anything or to conjure anything for you to receive acceptance. The, 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 the magnitude of this grace is that despite of how you see yourself, of how you think of yourself, God, in the midst of all undesirable things, He has accepted you. Oh, somebody say, I'm accepted. Yes, we don't have to conjure any rituals. We were accepted by the riches of his grace. Somebody say, Amen. And how did he do that? Look at verse 7. Praise be to God. Hey, this is what God's grace has done to us. He says, thank you, Jesus. In whom we have redemption, through his blood, The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. In whom we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. According to the riches of his grace. Now look at this. Notice the tense used here. It is a tense that says we have. It says what? In others I'm not going to be but I have redemption. In him we have. In others if I am born again and I'm in Christ Jesus I have been redeemed in him. We have our redemption. We have he's become our redemption. So what has he redeemed me? If there is a curse he has redeemed me. If it is a sin he has redeemed me. If it is a bondage, he has redeemed me. In him, whatever you put to, he has been our redemption. He is my. I don't have to break cars, somersault fast and do, no, no, no. Once I'm in Christ, I have been redeemed. Once I'm in Christ, redemption has come my way. Somebody say, I have redemption. Christ is my redemption. Somebody say, Amen. And look at what he says here. He says, in him we have our redemption. Now, something very important and significant is also mentioned. Praise be to God. In him we have forgiveness. In him we have forgiveness. Look at what he says. Put it on, verse uh, verse 7. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. The forgiveness of sin according to the the riches of his grace. This is very important. He is trying to say to us, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. We've already received forgiveness of, of sins. So what does that mean? This is something that some people get, get messed up about. We need to, to, to return to go around it and understand it. We have forgiveness of sin because of what grace has done to us. Amen. A believer is one who was forgiven. I say that again. A believer is one who has was. Uh, a believer is one who has received forgiveness. He has received forgiveness. Uh, let me put it again, is one who has, in other words, God has sent out forgiveness because Jesus has died not only for believers, but for everyone. For He has died for the whole world. But a believer is one who has received that, that forgiveness. So, does a believer have to ask forgiveness from God? Come on. Do you have to ask for something that you already have? If I give you a car, why do you have to come and ask me to drive it every time? When I've given you the keys. What does that mean? A believer does not ask for forgiveness, but a believer gives thanks for... A believer gives what? A believer is always raising his hand and saying, Father, I thank you for your forgiveness I receive in Christ Jesus. I thank you for the forgiveness I have in... Why does a believer say that? Because a believer has already received, uh, somebody say, I've received forgiveness. By receiving forgiveness, that means you must be thankful all the days of your life. A believer is always by what? Thankful. We don't ask for forgiveness. We are thankful for forgiveness. If you, ask for, if you ask for forgiveness, then every time you're trying to say, Jesus, die for me, Jesus, die for me, Jesus, die for me, die for me, please, die for me, die for me. No, he's not going to die again. He's already given you. So every time you feel you want to talk about forgiveness to God, you say, Father, I thank you for forgiveness in Christ. Why? Because it's not going to come. It has already, this confuses many people. They always think the believer has to be always on the begging. No, let me give you an example. Jesus is already in heaven. Sit at the right hand of the Father. Paid every price and every challenge that takes for every man to be right with God. For any man who believes in Him to be right in God. So, every time you ask for forgiveness, is Jesus asking for forgiveness from God? No, He's not. Is He? Because Jesus is our model. He's what? He's our model. He's at the expression of who a believer is. So, here God says, in whom we have redemption in whom we have the payment that pays all the sins, that pays every fault, future and backward and forever. All the sins in the future, all the sins in the back, all the sins that you've never even seen before. The redemption we have is who? Somebody here, remember, calling him out. He's who? He's our redemption for the sins you haven't even thought of yet. Jesus has already paid for it. That is the dimension of his grace. It is not only thinking of things you have done before, even things you have never, all you need and all he has given you is given you a complete blank check of forgiveness. Every time you keep filling it in. Father, I thank you for forgiveness. You are not always, it is there, it is already given to you. All you need to know, I'm going to walk my life that every time I'm not spending this. No, you've already been re- received forgiveness. Somebody say, I've received forgiveness. Say it again, I have received forgiveness. Yes, You. we do not ask for it because he taught them, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive. Because they were of the Old uh, Testament. And Jesus had not yet died. Thank you. She knows it. Jesus Jesus had not yet died. So how can God depend on you, forgive on you so that he may do his plan for you? God's plan is totally about him alone. He started it and he finishes it. Nobody asked and prayed so hard for Jesus to come. Jesus died when we were still sinners. Jesus died when we were still evil. When we were still enemies. He died and forgave us even when we didn't know what it meant. He did it for us. Now that he has come, now that you have known him, you are not in the begging seat. You are a sharer of that grace. Somebody say, I receive that grace. You are a partaker of that grace. That grace, somebody say amen. So the scripture says, I have received forgiveness. Somebody say, I have received forgiveness. These are the blessedness we have. This is the, you are blessed because you are forgiven. Let me say that again. You are blessed because you are, uh uh-uh, you didn't hear that, I didn't hear you. You are blessed because you are, the blessedness of God is not a car, because in heaven there is no BMW manufacturers. There's no factory. The blessed of God is not a Mercedes. The blessed of God is forgiveness. Is what? Is what? Look at Acts chapter thirteen. Acts chapter. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Actually, start from uh, uh, Acts. it says, to him, give Acts 10.43, put it on the screen, to him give all the prophet witness, all the prophets in the Old Testament, they they testify that through his name, through what? His name who is Jesus Christ, whosoever believeth in him shall receive what? Remission—that word, remission means forgiveness of sin. In other words, the moment a man, that is misstamping, the moment a man believes in Jesus and receives Christ, praise be to God. Do you know what has just happened to that man? Every sin of his is erased. Every sin is. The moment he receives Christ, the slate is playing. As if it never happened. Are you here? Praise God. As if it never, it never happened. So, what is he saying to us? The moment a believer receives, uh, praise God, Jesus Christ and accepts him as Savior, sins are blocked up. So, he has received forgiveness. He's not every time going in for forgiveness. Just like in the Old Testament, every year they went in there to, to pick forgiveness. This is what grace has done to us. This is what grace has done for us, praise be to God. It has, it has gone to the endlessness of life and wiped out all sins for those who believe. Wiped out anything that was stopping us to be before God. Look at Acts chapter 13, verse Chapter 13, verse 38, what does it say? It says something beautiful. Be it known unto you, therefore men and brethren, that through this man, through this man, the man we're calling about Jesus Christ, is preached unto you forgiveness of sins, Now, this is important before I go to the next subchapter. I go to the next verse. He says, Be it known unto you, brethren, unto you therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you what? The forgiveness of sin. Help my mic, I can't hear it. The forgiveness of, of sin. Now, this is important. He says to us here that We don't go to, we don't receive forgiveness every time. To a believer, forgiveness came, thank you, it came once. It came what? How was that forgiveness procured? When he died on the cross, praise be to God, and he was buried. Praise the Lord. He did it for the whole world. He did it for people who are not even born again today. People who have not received Jesus today. God has done what? Forgiven them. God has done what? He has paid the price of forgiveness. So what do we do, we who believe? We preach to them forgiveness. We come and tell them, come, receive the good news. God is no longer an enemy. Be born again. God is no longer an enemy. That's why the Bible says we preach forgiveness. We do what? We don't try to tell people that God is your enemy. God is going to kill you. Something is like this. You have a problem here. This is a problem. This is what? No, 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 no. We preach forgiveness. What do we do? We preach forgiveness. We tell people the goodness of God, that God has paid a price. God has forgiven you. God has what? Forgiven you. So forgiveness, thank you, Father God, of sin is what we preach. Is what we, we preach telling people about what God has done for them. We don't tell people about how God is condemning them. We don't tell people about how God is bad. No, God is not condemning any man anymore. According to this moment in time, God is not not condemning anyone anymore. Praise be to God. Somebody say, God is not condemning me. Say it again. God is not condemning me anymore. Yeah, God is not in the condemnation of man. God has forgiven man. And the only sin that is left to be dealt with is the sin that is of rejection of who? Yes. When somebody rejects Christ, he's trying to say, God is trying to say, listen, I've exhausted, my, I've given you everything that I have to do what? For forgiveness. I've paid, I've paid for everything. So what other solution do you need? If you reject my solution, then you gotta die for yourself. But according to now, God has paid for everything. Somebody say God has paid for it all. So that is why we preach forgiveness. What do we do? Preach forgiveness. We tell people of the richness of God. Saying, God has forgiven you. Come to God. And when they say they reject, that's up to them. But ask we tell them, God has done what? Come on, I can't hear you. God has uh, God has forgiven. We preach forgiveness. The gospel is about forgiveness. That's why we call it good news. That's why we call it good news. It's not a gospel of saying, come and work hard and break the curse. Come and work hard and, and, and destroy this. No, no. The gospel is good news. The gospel is telling you Jesus has paid it all. The ransom has paid it all. He's become our redemption. Where you lack, he became your sufficiency. Somebody say amen. We don't tell men to say come and work hard for your salvation. No, no, no. We tell them come and receive forgiveness. Come and... uh, So forgiveness... Is has been uh, offered to all mankind. It has been accomplished. Everything that needs to, for forgiveness to be purchased or for forgiveness to be given to us, grace has fulfilled it in Christ Jesus. And that is why he says, put on verse 38 again, praise God, be it known unto you, brethren, men and Be not unto you, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you, what? The forgiveness of sins. Verse 39. The forgiveness of sins. Verse 39. And by him, all that believe are what? justified From what? From what? From all things. Not from some, but from Things have done before, things have never even done, all things from which ye could, could not be justified by the law of Moses. The law of Moses could not forgive a person for future things. It had to do everything by the year. Every year they had to sacrifice. Every year they had to... And even in that sacrifice, God did not want them. He did not want them. He says... Uh, sacrifices of goats and of animals I did not want. But a body have I prepared myself. And that was Christ. Praise be to God. Somebody say amen. So, this is what you need to understand. Him, Jesus Christ, somebody say Jesus Christ, He's the one who has taken away all. Justified us from all. The word justified means made right. Praise be to God. We've been made right in all, praise be to God, justified from all, from all what? From all things. Somebody said from all things. Yes, we've been justified from all things. And in this justification, thank you, Jesus, means we have been put right with God. We have been put right with God. We have come in complete union with God. That between me and God there is peace. There is peace. There has been a complete reconciliation. We have been justified. Somebody say I'm justified. By this justification to God be the glory means I have come in union with God. No wonder he calls us family members. This is important. It's very instructive to know that forgiveness is preached. It is not, for, we, we don't tell people, we, we tell people to come receive it because what purchased it has already been made, up, has already done it. It's like somebody going to the car, uh, showroom, pays Look at somebody going to the car showroom, pays for your for a car, praise God, and comes and drives it and puts it in front of your of your car of your house and pushes and says, "Here are the keys. This is yours." Probably even pushes them through the letterbox. But every time when you see those keys, you keep passing them. You don't want the car. You keep passing them. That car has been purchased. It's even got your name on. It is yours. That's what God did for the whole world. He purchased. Jesus did it for the whole world. He purchased forgiveness for us. He died where we should have died. Praise be to God. And by his resurrection, he perfected everything. Can we say amen? Yes, He perfected everything for us. To God be the glory. So today I say to you as a believer, understand that and be thankful for the forgiveness God has given you. Somebody say, Thank you, Jesus, for the forgiveness I've received. Somebody say, Thank you, Father, for your forgiveness in Christ Jesus. He has forgiven us. Somebody say, I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven you have been forgiven you have been what so you don't need to work for it now look at rome look at the next verse he says it let's go back to romans chapter sorry ephesians chapter ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 what does it say to us it says in whom we have redemption in whom we have Through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Where is that forgiveness? In Christ, which costed through his blood. Praise be to God. Come on, put back the scriptures. Thank you, Jesus. And what? According to the riches of his grace. According to that. Now, did you see what the riches of His grace has done? It has chosen you. Praise God. Predestinated you. Praise God. Amen. Made you holy. Unblameable. Praise God. Those are all riches. Blessed. You. The spiritual blessings. That which I'm listing down. God be the glory. Amen. Redeemed you. Gave you redemption. That's the riches. Those are the dimensions. How deep they are. And then he comes and says, uh, "You have been, you have been accepted in the beloved." These are the things you need to teach your heart. Whenever your heart raises up condemnation and says, "Look at you. How can you be accepted?" Yet last time you did, no, no. You tell him, "Hey, listen to me. I'm accepted. I am. Uh, I'm accepted." Look at you. How can you say you are loved when nobody loves, but is around you? You say, no. I am beloved in Christ Jesus. I am beloved in what? We must learn to convince our heart of who we are. Stop giving yourself to listening to things that condemn you. Condemnation message is not for the believer. For now God has set us free from condemnation. Somebody say amen. You cannot allow condemnation message. It will belittle your heart. It will bring grief in your heart. It will make you to be in bondage. Condemnation is not a message for a believer. It is not. You only have to preach condemnation when you are telling them it was lifted. It's no longer there. Somebody say amen. So he says to us, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his blood. Look at the dimension of His grace. So rich. So, so rich. So rich. The depth is so big. Praise be to God. So rich. Somebody said, My God is so rich. The riches of His grace that made you be a friend of God, a child of God, a chosen one, a, 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 a accepted, beloved forgiven, redeemed they are so so abundant that no devil in the hell can be able to reverse it. He made a pure perfect job to make sure nothing can separate you from him. He paid it all. He did what? So, it is not right for a believer in Christ Jesus to belittle the grace of God by saying that he is not those things that God says he is. You must learn to accept that God has redeemed me. Somebody say he has redeemed me, he has perfected me. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 7. Let's look at another dimension. We've we've just looked at the dimension of the riches of his his grace. The other time in verse where we've just seen, seen it is the riches of his grace. And here, look at another dimension. They are so rich that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Oh, oh, this is beautiful. I said, this is beautiful. He says, in the ages to come. In other words, the riches were not just ending with just the resurrection. No, there is something that is happening here. He's saying, in the ages to come. For instance, um, Jesus died, what, 2,000 years ago? But even today, Those exceedingly great riches of his grace abound with you. They are abounding with you. What are they doing? How are they abounding? In his what? Kindness towards us. Praise be to God. In his kindness towards us. Important to God be the glory. Somebody say amen. This is very important. He says to show the exceeding riches of his grace kindness. A seed reaches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Every day there is a dimension of God's riches being expressed around you. Every day the riches of God are revealed around you. There's a river of the riches of God's grace that is surrounding you that you need faith to tap into it that you take advantage of it. Somebody say amen. Say, I have a river of grace exceeding abounding around me. Somebody say amen. You see, God speaks of exceeding riches. In other words, uh, the Lord's grace is far beyond any riches that we have ever yet comprehended. There is There is a grace God wants you to know of him. And that's why I'm teaching this message. Because I need believers to believe God for more. Not for what looks manageable, acceptable. But believe God. Believe God for for more. There is such great grace around There is such great. How do I make grace come to work? I must believe those things God says about me. The exceeding greatness of his kindness is around me. Somebody say, I've received it. In the ages to come, like the age we have, there is a river of grace around me. Make use of it. How do I make use of grace? This is how I make use of grace. Agreeing with God what he says about me. And when I say yes I am what God says I am. And then when I look at the things that he has said are mine. I recommend them and I acknowledge them and I speak them over my life. Just the way we receive salvation. We realize what God says about us. We realize what it is he has done for us. Then we spoke that of our lives. We became born again praise God. And forever on, life has tended towards that. Somebody say amen. So, there is a river exceeding around you. Somebody say, I've received the river of God around my life. Can we say amen? Yes, there is an exceeding richness of God's grace around you. And I receive. Somebody say, I receive. What does this mean to you and me? It means I am fully supplied with. I say, I am fully. Say, I'm fully supplied with. It's good to train your mindset, your heart, your spirit to know that I am not in luck. I'm fully supplied with. I'm not in luck. I'm fully. Whatever it is I need, God shall provide. You need a child God has provided. You need a husband God has. The grace is available. I say the grace is. That's how they say in my country. The grace is. What do I need to tap into it? Believe those things that are not as though they are. Believe in them. Believe they are there. Believe you accept them. Somebody say, "I receive it over my life." In Jesus' name, the grace is available. It is available. Now look at Ephesians as we conclude. Praise God. Three eight, Ephesians three eight. The dimensions of His grace reach exceedingly rich, and then look at this other dimension. And to me, who I am less than the least of all saints. Paul is saying himself is less than the least of all saints. Is this grace given me, given that I should, what? Preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches. So we've seen the grace of God is rich. Praise God. The grace of God is what? exceedingly rich and now the grace of God is what? Unsearchable riches of Christ. It is beyond comprehension to man's understanding. For this reason he's trying to help us understand, praise the Lord, that his grace is accessible. Is what? What? If Paul used it, you can use it today. Somebody say, I have the grace of God. Come on, try it and believe it. Say, I have the grace of God. It's upon my life. I have the riches of his grace in my life. I accept the grace of God is surrounding me in every area of my life. In Jesus' name, can we say amen? Amen. There is a grace of God around you for the money you need. It comes in ideas. It comes in all kind of fashion. You only have to believe in it. Praise the Lord. Somebody rise up on your feet as we conclude and believe God for more more of what God has already done.